And now, the Andy Greenwald Podcast. Andy, Andy. Welcome to the Gremlin Network. My name is Andy Greenwald. Exciting day here in our New York studio because I am joined by the star of what I believe to be the best show of summer 2015, the USA drama Mr. Robot, Rami Malik. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to have you here. I'm excited. I'm very excited. We're going to talk about Mr. Robot. I appreciate that initially we were going to do this entire interview in character, um, which I think would have been good for like the people watching on YouTube, but I think the audio listeners would have been frustrated. Right. They would have, would have, well, no, they would have got a lot of you and very little of me, which I think uh, <laughs> is probably a blessing in disguise. Not necessarily. Uh, they get a lot of me on this show. I feel like we need more of you this time. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like a lot of you, too. I mean, I've been watching the show and the podcast, and it's it's really been great. You've been very smart, very intuitive in, in what you're talking about, and you seem to get Thank our you. show sometimes better than I get the show. So Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm worried about that. I want to make sure that you're up to speed so we could talk about that as That's well. That's great. Considering <laughs> we've just completed the first season, it would be great to get me to where you're Finally, at right now. Yeah. You're a couple episodes ahead. So we're recording this on a Wednesday. The show will air in its normal slot at uh, 10 p.m. on USA, but we're going to put this up tomorrow so we can talk freely about the show through the fifth episode. Gotcha. Oh, that's good to um, know. Yeah, so there will be no spoilers past that, of course, unless you feel like sharing them. But right. let's do, let's start, let's start where we need to start with Mr. Robot. <laughs> where did the show come from? When did the show come to you? Sam Esmail, the creator, got in touch with you at some point, your agents. Talk to me about how you became, when, when, give me the whole TikTok of what okay. happened for you. Okay, uh, this is good. So I was sent the script and it was entitled Mr. Robot and I was like, we sure about this, gang? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I started flipping through it, and it opened up with that monologue that kind of um, it, it detailed uh, someone's view about society and and how he's seeing it through his own his eyes and and how he's being impacted, how the world's being impacted, and maybe there are some conspiracies at large. But yeah. through Elliot's vision, this is the world that the way he sees it. Right. And I was really just, I was, got immersed in that, was drawn to that. It, it was not only, it felt smart, but it felt poetic in a way. And it was really told through this guy's lens. And I felt like the audience was going to have a pretty, pretty spe- specific involvement in where they would be throughout his journey. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's totally, there are many things that are unique about Mr. Robot, but one of the most striking ones right from the beginning is that I don't know if I've ever seen a TV show that is completely told from the perspective of one character. Now, I hope that your agents, in handing you the script, said, oh, by the way, you're going to play that character. <laughs> right? You knew that going in, right? You weren't reading the script that's totally about one guy, and they, you thought maybe you were going to be like, you know, busker number two on the subway. No, no, I definitely, yeah, yeah they let me know. That's exactly. nice of them. Okay. Yeah, it was very sweet of them. So they're, they're good to me in that sense. So here's the thing, though. So you read the script, and I imagine you were struck, even just off the page, that this was something unique. This is not like other TV scripts, maybe, that you've been getting or that you've seen. But something that's written in a certain way is one thing. Actually being able to make it happen, to bring it to life, is a whole other story. So... After reading it and saying you liked it, did you sit with Sam? Did he have to sell you on his vision for it? What was the next step? He did. Look, I mean, this was an audition process as well. It's not. Right. Like, it wasn't. They were waiting on no, the, the Ronnie not brand. Saying yes. <laughs> they're like, who is this? <laughs> uh, they were excited about me coming in. I right. was excited to see them, and you know, I talked 
talk, talk to Sam about it uh, yeah. a little bit here and there. But for the most part, our first few meetings were t- really to see if we would get along. Right. And if I could perform Elliot the way he imagined it, which is, as you can see, a very specific vision. He has a very specific vision on all accounts. Uh, that's what's so striking about the show. Okay, so tell me, you went into an audition. So, yeah, I went into an audition and... I could see him smiling, so I was like, either this guy's a pretty jovial guy. Or he's watching a Funny or Die video on his phone. Right, which you never know, because I'm (laughs) concentrating on reading the casting director, and out of the corner of my eye, I can feel feel that I was emitting something that he was responding to. Some vibes. Some good vibes, yeah. What choices did you make, though, for that audition? Because you had no direction. You had just your own intuition and the script. I remember him telling me, I did the Ron's coffee shop scene from... From the pilot, pilot. and I remember him saying, uh, "I came in, I came in, and the first thing I said to him, I was like, man, 'Man, 'Man, what did I say to him?' I said, 'Your your script breeds this anxiety. It it breeds anxiety.' And he started laughing. He's like, 'It does, doesn't?' And I was, and then we sat down, and I read the Ron's coffee scene, and uh, I remember him saying, I I was smiling through it, and he he hadn't thought of that, but." I think for him he saw, and this is a you know yeah this is a bit a, a big stretch here, but a little bit of taxi Travis Bickle in there like yeah in these circumstances and yet he's finding a way to not enjoy it but he's finding you know the, the, a freedom in it in a certain way yeah I mean this is one of the most interesting things about the show is the way that Elliot sees himself as this tiny cog in this crushing machine but yet through his hacking ability can make himself big and powerful and the first time we see him is him using that power it's sort of a very it's a very surprising way to introduce the character considering the way we learn about what we learn about him next right um and i was just cognizant of not making him i mean this incredibly debilitating having debilitating nerves where, where it's like oh i cannot watch that guy over the course of a season yeah you have to spend time with him yeah so I just try, you know, I tr- tried to find a way where he, he doesn't acknowledge certain things about him that the world may be able to see, but right, you know, are, are not as difficult to deal with from an outside perspective. Well, you bring this very unique stillness to the part. I mean, Elliot is incredibly charismatic, even though he doesn't want anyone to see him. I mean, it's it, right. it, it's a kind of a contradiction, but but that seems like something that is a constant in the work that I've seen you in. You know, you are you are very. Like, I, I remember you, and we, we talked about this right before we started recording, when I listed yeah. your credits, at least the ones that I was familiar with. Right. I remember you very well from The Master, because you didn't have 100 lines in that movie, but you were very present when right. you were there. And you were a true believer in that movie as well. Yeah. The editor will remember me more from The Master. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's always the thing with it. Uh, right. You know, it's Paul. It, Paul had a very long film on his hands, and yeah. there was a, there, it was a, it was a pretty juicy role, and it, you know, it, it, and some of the juice got poured out. The juice got saying. poured out, but I still have them in my memory bank. That's right. So. <laughs> and the editor probably has the them hard drives. Does, it's great. Sure. Yeah, I've learned to get over things like that. I love. Mr. Robot, because I am not getting cut out of things. I mean, you are not. There's a lot of you. There's a lot of Elliot. There's a lot of Rami in there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I try on camera for some reason. I'm drawn to to do the work so that I can be still. And when when it requires my eyes to you know move in a certain way, or or when I you know when when things do get a little bit. 
more elevated, I think it has more of an impact sometimes. Yes, so, that's right. Yeah, if, you, if, if you start at 10, yeah, there's nowhere to go. Exactly. Um, but you still have to be confident enough to be quiet, which right. I think is a, a trick in almost any... It's a trick in social circumstances, and it's a trick, certainly, I would imagine, when acting, too. It is. I mean, I think we're drawn to the people who, are, you know, are filled with immense amount of knowledge, and yet they they only speak when they feel it's an opportune time to do so. There's an amazing moment in the episode that's airing tonight, so people will have seen it, but when uh, Elliot is attempting to break in to Steel Mountain and he's dealing with the first level of security, a guy that he, he destroys right. psychologically, and he's waiting for instructions from uh, from Mr. Robot and from the gang in the van. Yeah. But it's also totally plausible that Elliot is just standing there and looking off to the side, and there's so much power and tension in that silence. It's right. almost unbearable. I mean, you mentioned the anxiety that Sam puts in the script, but it's right there in the performance as well. It's, you know, it's excruciating. It's excruciating. And, you know, there's the flip side of it is when you're on set and someone's waiting you yes. know, for the voiceover, they can't hear it, but I can hear it. Yeah. So for them to have to wait and pause, it, it creates a tension in, the, yeah. in them that they can, you know, allow to come out in their in their side of the work. But that's right. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's pretty unique to be the cameras rolling on two people and there's just. They're staring at each other, and someone's waiting for the other person to talk. It's, there's a lot of power in that. There is a lot of power in that. Uh, and it's destabilizing, but it could be kind of exciting, I bet. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, you auditioned. You clearly aced it. I, I don't know if I you aced it. it. It took a few times. Okay. It did take a few times. But I, um, like you said, uh, I looked at the script, and I went back to my agent. I go, this is great. Is this what's going to make it to the screen? Right, exactly. Because you would imagine... Not. I mean, was it was it already set up at USA? Are we that far in the in the process? Or um, was it? Yeah, I think it was at okay. USA at that point. And I just went. I went to my agent and I said, "Take this to everyone at, at the agency and see what exactly is going to happen with it." Because yeah. I can, people can tell me left and right what this is going to be, yeah. and uh, and he did. And he came back and said, "Listen, USA is is doing something different over there right now." And, you know, they've had a lot of success with their shows. Their shows have worked for quite a long period. A, yeah. The Blue Skies programming was a really great thing. It worked, and the shows are very popular and it, good. Well, yeah. But this is not like those shows. This is not like those shows. So I, I had to say to myself, is this going to be made in the way that I, you know, would hope that it, it will be? And to right. their credit, they've, they've you know, not. I wouldn't say they give Sam carte blanche, but they've def, you know they respect his vision. They they do think he's a brilliant collaborator, as I do, and I you know try not to use that word often. But the man is quite intelligent yeah. and creative, and the combination of that makes for something special. And I think USA saw that they had something in him and wanted wanted to see it come to fruition yeah because and this is something that my my friend chris ryan said on the hollywood prospectus podcast this week and we've been as you know we've been talking about the show a lot that scene you mentioned the ron's coffee shop scene could have been the template for a very different kind of show and in fact i, I would still watch that show to be honest but i thought in the first few minutes that that's where we were headed where it was had a skewed perspective but it was still a procedural in the sense that right. that Elliot would be busting someone every week using yeah. his hacking superpowers. <laughs> right. Like that that was who he was. And it's introduced, I think, in one of the early monologues. He's like, well, this is what I do during the day, but this is who I am at night. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, this is a show. There's a show here. Right. That's not the show we got. And that was exhilarating because it was a very surprising. 
um, and it was and and there was never any indication that it was going to be the other. That it was going to be the more traditional. Yeah, you know, I never read it that way. Even when I got in, they told me what was going to happen with the show. Right. I never thought for a second it was going to be that type of show. But it easily could have been Elliot bringing someone to Ron's coffee shop every week. <laughs> sitting him down. And, yeah, sitting them down. At a certain like, point, the barista's like, oh, God. Right, here he goes again. <laughs> destroying another life Yeah, over a frappuccino. Um, that could be quite comical. So, yeah, I would, I, again, I would a, watch there's it. There's an SNL skit there, right? I think eventually, okay. yeah. You're on your way. Or there's another show that people are like, yeah, this is a great, but it should have been. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I feel like, and again, I mean this with no disrespect, but there, there, it was something we would often say in talking about TV, like, oh, well, that's the USA version of the show. Right. Um, which is n- no disrespect because, you know, like, like Suits and Burn Notice, like those are popular good shows that people love, but they are more formulaic in the sense that it's case of the week a lot often. And, and you know, yeah, it's on it's 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 smilier, right. more smiles. It is. Well, I think even at USA, they're taking Mr. Robot and showing them, you know, showing filmmakers and auteurs That's, like as a template. This yeah. is what we're trying to do now. Yeah. Well, that would be the best thing to do. Yeah. So, OK. So speaking of filmmakers and auteurs, you yes. finally... You sit down with Sam. Okay, back to this. Sam yeah. has made the meat of it. The, <laughs> yeah. the, Sam has made, he made one uh, indie film, right, prior to this, a film called Comet, Comet which yeah. I've not seen, but I would like to now very much. Um, what don't did, see it. Don't see no, it. No, I'm just, just kidding. It, it's it, it really, really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. What did he, how did he communicate his vision to you once you were on board, but before you had actually started filming? What? Did, how did he describe it and what it was going to be? He just described to, to me the way he likes to work and that he was, you know, attempting to make something that was different and that he wasn't, it was going to be unflinching. It was going to be uncompromising. And, uh, he just didn't want it to be one of the, a slick show. He, yeah. He didn't, he, he didn't want us, any of us as actors to fall into, um, you know, these, I think, um, common common characters that you see on TV he just wanted everything to be unique the look of it to be yeah. very unique he wanted you know he's going to set up shots in a, in a way that would not only it would be purposeful and artistic but would also maybe convey some underlying message that you wouldn't normally get yes. from a, t- a television show and when he talks to you like that it's like okay yeah <laughs> i'm on board yeah but what's amazing to me is that that's hard enough communicating a vision even having the vision but then getting it done within the framework of you know week to week television that's a whole other thing um when you actually got on set for the pilot and you and you were in new york for it yes what was the what was the what was the process like what was filming it like what was it like becoming elliot in front of the cameras for the first time Zipping up the hoodie, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's, I get chills thinking about it because, one, it was very cold, but two, <laughs> yeah. it, it was exhilarating. I yeah. mean, here we are just setting up shop, uh, you know, in Chinatown where Elliot's apartment is, and, uh, and, and the cameras is, it's pushing and pulling with me to use cinematic terms throughout yeah. the city, and I have my hood on sometimes, my hood off, but most of the time, uh, it was right there in my face with, uh, the voiceover going on in my mind and in my ear and voiceover my, that you had already recorded or that had yet to record. It, we had yet to record it, but uh, I'd memorized. I'd done a lot of work to prepare, yeah. so I knew it, you know, pretty much back and backwards and forwards. But I also, you know, I 
get it in my ear yeah. when I need to get it in my ear. Understood. Um, but you could tell you could tell that the look of it was different. We had an incredible DP on on the show. His name was Tim Ives. Mm-hmm. Is Tim Ives? He's done. He's changed it. Since. He's changed it since. Since he does House of Cards, he's done Girls, and he, you know, between him and Sam having countless meetings, mm-hmm. and and Nils Ardenoplev, uh, who directed the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the original yes. one, and he directed the yeah. pilot. They had a very, you know. Austere. I think I've heard you use the term Nordic. Uh, yeah, yeah, chilly, chilly feel to it. Um, definitely not blue skies. Yeah, very um, gray. Yeah, very gray. Sam likes to use a lot of headroom in his shots. Mm-hmm. He likes off kilter shots, and and I think that's emblematic of the world Elliot's living in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got. I, I loved it. I, I you know, in, in the script it said Elliot tries to avoid touch in the streets. So. Yeah. Having this hulking backpack and and yeah. you know trying to to navigate the streets of New York without touching people can be uh, it can be quite difficult and to do it requires an element of grace which I was able to discover and here's this socially anxious yeah. nutbag <laughs> that it can be you know a, a bit of a dancer on the streets of New York yeah so there was there was something I identified in that. Well, he makes sense in the streets of New York in an odd way. There's like there there is a there's a solitude you can find in crowds, and th- and I think the shots often suggest that. I think the way you move through them in your performance suggests that yeah. as well. Like it, he I think he would in many ways be a lot more uncomfortable and lonely if you dropped him in the middle of a field in Montana. Right. Although I would like to see that episode too. Yeah. But but there's something about the solitude in New York that is really vast. Where out. season two is going, there it is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, a, it's a field in Nebraska. But I, I got it out of you. Yeah, you were not hard to break. No, pretty simple. The other thing I I asked for, which I got, was I wanted my clothing, everything to feel like it was a bit of a, a urban combat uniform, yeah. but something that if I had put my head down and mm-hmm. there was anybody looking from above on a drone or a helicopter or anything, not that that would happen, but it could happen. It could happen. That I would just blend right into the concrete. Mm-hmm. And so he came up with this idea that he's not going to change his clothes very often. Yeah. Uh, so you see me in this black hoodie and everything can, you know, if you're if you're not paying close enough attention, the, the man can dissolve in, into his surroundings. Although he's not changing his clothes very often and often has the morphine sweats, so you might smell him coming. You could smell him coming. But, but we're not there with our TV technology yet. No. Well, so that's probably good, a good that's, thing. Uh, I'll try to implement that. <laughs> People recoil everywhere he goes. I'll be that actor who stops wearing deodorant halfway through his season. Yeah. You go super method? Oh, yeah. That'll- uh what sort of notes did you find yourself getting from Sam in the midst of the season? Like, did he ever... Were you in sync pretty much right away because you got the character? Or did he have to say things like, modulate it this way, turn it this way, you we're not there yet, you aren't that person? You're right on. Right. Yeah. There were there were moments... There's a Michael Hansen scene at the end where I come off pretty confident and yeah. when, I, when I take the dog from him. and Oh, in, in the right early on, the yes. Pi- even early on, he's like, we... He told me after we shot the pilot, you really have to be careful about how much confidence you exude as this as this guy. You yeah. Know, he's, <laughs> he's not Jack Bauer. <laughs> no. Even in Steel Mountain, when we shot that the other day, yeah. he's like, you can't be running through this place, you know, with your... With your superhero voice on and all that, you have you're in. I mean, what's great about that scene in in last night's episode is, especially in the executive lunchroom, you know, we're yeah. surrounded by people who 
whether they belong there or not, act like it. But in the hoodie and the way you sat, the way the camera got your size, it, it absolutely made clear that you do not belong there. Yeah. Well, I remember slumping in the, sh- in, the, in the chair while we were just waiting for lighting, yeah. and I was not feeling good that week. Uh, due to morphine withdrawal? Due to morphine withdrawal. You're super method. I'm super method. All that morphine I do is real. <laughs> it's, I respect that. And you still know your lines. It's and great. I still know my lines. It helps me learn my lines. Does it really? <laughs> Remember that, kids. Yeah, this, this, right. this podcast is educational. Yes, it is. You ever thought morphine did, just numbed you? No, no. no. Um, so I remember slumping in the chair as yeah. I am now and saying, oh, this feels right. Like, look, there, uh, I can do this. In this. I can actually get away with slumping in this chair. Yeah. I mean, there would be a limit to how much I can do it. But then I just sat there for the rest of the scene and I tried out a take like that. And Sam, I remember Sam walking by and goes, are you going to sit like that? And I go, I think I am. And yeah. he goes, good. There you yeah. go. So there's a lot of moments like that where we're on the same page. I yeah. remember in, in episode four, I came up to him and I said, you know, I think today I'm going to yell at the men in black instead of just walking. Oh, yeah, mic. yeah. And he goes, I was just going to tell you to do that. And that's not BS. He actually, yeah. he won't, won't say that. Or, or there's a lot of times when he's like, please don't do that. <laughs> don't do that again. Yeah. You're not going to do that again, are you? Why did you do that? Like the time you put in jazz hands or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh. What did I? There was a moment on the porch, on the stoop of my apartment with, uh, it was Angela, who was played by Portia Doubleday, yeah. where we were going to watch Back to the Future, and Shayla's upstairs. And yeah, it was a That turns out poorly, but um, for a second, I was like, yeah, this is a really enjoyable moment. Yeah. Maybe I'll smile, you know? Or yeah. Or maybe even more than a smile. Maybe I'll really enjoy this for a second. This, yeah, that would be the moment. That would be the moment. But he he had to rein that in a little bit. Even then, he reined it in. That's how specific he is. We should probably address that. I was going to bring it up that Elliot, despite we've been describing him accurately, he's antisocial. He's certainly not a smiler. He's, right. He slumps. He's, a, he's <laughs> in military garb. He's at war with society. Kind of a ladies' man. Right. Pretty right <laughs> off the bat. He does seem irresistible to a surprising number of women. He is. I think there's something about him, uh, his elusiveness, that people are right. drawn to. He does come to the aid of Angela when she needs help uh, to the, uh, you know, the damsel in distress. He I does send Shayla's boyfriend slash dealer slash pimp to prison. Right. Although that man would have never existed in her life had it not been for Elliot's. Yes. Native Suboxone to curb morphine. And judging by last night, it does come back around a little bit. That's not so easily put away. No. No, Uh, it's not. But he does. But who would I mean, everyone knew that was coming, right? No, No? I figured it was done. I figured figured it was was happy ending. Blue skies. Right. (laughs) Right? That's the thing about Sam. Everything will intersect at some point. I can tell you that. That, That's what's good. The the mind, his mind works in a way where nothing is done without reason. Everything's appropriate. Well, let's talk about this. So... Uh, I've mentioned this on the HP pod a couple times, but in the interviews that I've read with Sam about it, he talks about how Mr. Robot was initially a film script, switched it to TV, and then was like, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with my plot, which I thought was so ballsy and great because generally, you know, the the vagaries and the the randomness and the accidents of just TV production means you kind of can't stay focused on something. You have to, you know, juggle day by day. Right. But he has his story and he's sticking to it. How much of this is how much of that is true how much of what you know of what you've done in the first season is completely the vision that he had for the movie versus things that have morphed due to facts on the ground 
things have morphed, be them uh, slightly, but right. it's only because of his his vision has been altered, and it's not from out, some outside altercation or it's anything. It's from morphine like addiction. That. It's from morphine. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, from morphine addiction. It's because he sees things going in a different direction as we progress as, right. as a cast and crew and the vision, his vision changes based on things he sees. Um, but it's not because of any outside impetus, you know, it's because he's, he's right. general, but it hasn't changed that much to be quite honest. Right. And I've heard you say like either, what was it you said? In your text message, it was either. Oh they yeah, no I, I, I think either either so we'll beep this, but either either USA gives zero notes or Sam gives zero. Yeah, and I, I assume the truth is somewhere between those two, but I won't argue with that. <laughs> but I will say to USA's credit, they you know they have they have allowed him the the freedom to to pursue his vision and and backed him up on everything. They you know they've they've, they've really. Uh, Really, you know, just laid down a, 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 I guess, a groundwork for him just to do do what he wants. They trust him. They think yeah. he's a visionary. I mean, they've they've struck a deal with him to do more. So. Oh, good. And yeah. and the show is renewed for a second season before the first one premiered. Right, right. off the bat. So yeah. they clearly know something's up. Um, they know something's up, and they're invested. And yeah. and we hear that a lot. So going day to day, depending on ratings and whatnot, we know. You know, we have. He has he has the the capital I think to keep doing what he wants that, to do. That's so valuable, and I feel like it, that's something that's often left out of day to day discussions about TV, which is it, ratings do matter, but really what matters most is buying in and confidence. You know, yeah. and you guys are in the best possible situation because it seems like it because because of the confidence the network is showing in you, because of the quality of the work, and because of the fact that they want to be doing something different and they want to use Mr. Robot as a calling card for the future, you guys are protected from a lot of that day-to-day, whether it's note-giving or ratings parsing or whatever. You, you know you're making more. It is, and yeah. And you can do your job. Yeah. It doesn't keep us from asking questions. Of course <laughs> not. You guys are still professionals right. in the business, but... But I think they were saying to an audience, to a broad audience, we're invested, you can be too. This is not going anywhere for a while. Yeah, because audiences are skittish now. To they are, life. yeah, they, have, they, they are. Have, and I would be too, yeah. I want to ask you about uh, working Ask with, away. I know you have so many questions. I have so many questions. So I, keep going. Let's okay. fire them off and I'll give one word answers. Oh, okay. Well, no, I want no, more no. than one word for this <laughs> one, but then we'll do a lightning round at the okay. end. Okay. Uh, I want to ask about working with Christian Slater and specifically about his character. I know you will not tell me and I do not want you to tell me whether Mr. Robot is real or not, because really, what is real? I was going to say, what can you quit from, from Elliot's vantage point, yes. what is real? Right. I mean, that is one of the most amazing things about the show immediately is that it's not just we're not just hanging out with him we're not on his shoulder we're in his head so other people say evil corp even though i imagine that's not actually the name of the company no um, it's not it's all filtered through his experience so right so real doesn't really matter that said what do you know about that relationship that we don't if anything that helps you play those scenes or does he keep you in the dark as well um, when i say he sam versus this and i mean the scenes with you and christian right there, you know, it's as, as real as it can get with him. Um, so that's how I play everything. Uh, every, the, my world, Elliot's world, is uh, it's as vibrant 
<laughs> and visceral as you can get. Yes, it is. So every, you know, I think it's. I think it's good that he has you questioning if the men in black exist. If yeah. If Darlene exists. If if Christian's character, Mister Robot, exists. If E Corp exists. I, I mean, it, that's one place you don't get to be as an audience member these days. In, yeah. In the head of someone who. Uh, you know, where a world plausibly doesn't even exist before your very eyes. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, it'd be, I'd be, it'd be difficult to think that Sam created a world that isn't real. <laughs> that would be, that would be, well, that I, would be a major blow, or it could be the coolest thing that, that, that has happened in TV but, in a long time. But that's where we are with it. I think that's why, I think people are responding to the show because. It's really well made. It's exciting. It's fun. The performances are great. But I do think there's also an element of this could go in either direction. Yeah. Like this could just keep running and soaring or the coyote could look down and, oh, my God, and it's going to be a spectacular flame out. Right. I'm not rooting And for if that. it does flame out, which it won't, it would be spectacular. It would be spectacular, right? But, like, we have these scenes where for an entire episode I can't look at anything else. The fact that no one but Elliot is making eye contact with Mr. Robot. No one but Elliot is responding to his voice. And then, last night's episode, uh, Mr. Robot and Darlene get in a huge screaming fight. Right. So, is she fake? Or is everyone fake? Or am I, just, am I going crazy? And just listen to me. Sam won. He won. He won. Well, as he, I, think, I think he's so brilliant because he's got everybody guessing. And then I was like, oh, wait for episode five. And then yeah. and I'm like, oh, it took me that long to figure, you know. Yeah, so you're, he's keeping you in the dark, too, he's as much as he needs to keeping me in the be. dark in a certain way. I, I, I think I know things for the most part. And then sometimes he placates me and just nods and says, yeah, you got it. And yeah. then obviously I don't. And I wanted to know everything at first, but there's something kind of uh, there's some something really special about being in the dark and discovering things as Elliot does, yeah. and uh, coming up and see. You know, even in the table reads, sometimes when we were going through, we'd just be astonished at the at the craft it, this guy comes. Where up I was with. going next? And- yeah. Um. But yeah, it was great. I keep te- I keep thinking about everybody writing about the show and what their yeah. thoughts on Mr. Robot are and his existence, and then getting to episode five when he talks to a number of different people and, he's, he and seems has to a, be there. Yeah, he seems to be there. Although you, when you stare long enough, which is again, this is what we're doing. I don't. I have to watch a lot of TV, and I try to pay attention and take notes and write about it. But I'm not staring the way I am at Mr. Robot because yeah. the scene when uh, Christian is in the van with the other two guys and I'm staring I'm like could he be removed from the scene and they would still be acting the same way I mean I'm looking at it in that way yeah He's that's gotten, very smart it's in, it, it gets in your head that's smart um, you'd have demands rewatching, I guess yeah he's or seen, a lot of pausing a lot of pausing a lot of head scratching yeah um, Chris how Maybe I, Elliot's not the one that's real. Well, then, but then that's what last week suggested. Yeah, because they had the the, the 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 sequence that was either a dream sequence or a detoxing sequence right. or some combination of both or neither. And there's the moment where someone's like, "You haven't in the dream, right?" Where she's like, "You're you're not real. You're not you're real." Not. Yeah, that's it's trippy. It is trippy and ballsy. And I, mean, ballsy. I was like, TV. I I looked at him. He goes, <laughs> I remember him saying, he "Goes man." We just got to get him past episode four. <laughs> the audience, you mean? Yeah. He's like, Cause people can look at episode four and they'll be like, what is this like, guy doing? So the fish is talking now? Like, right. that's, 
the fish, the talking fish is like, that's the layer. If you can push through that layer, right. you're all the way in. Yeah. And she uh, eats the fish. It's like, what? Oh, she ate the fish. Yeah. She ate the fish. That's the same fish. I forgot. Right yeah. after. In the, in the it just wasn't all talking as restaurant. much in the rich voice of Keith David. But, no. But again, the, the all safe restaurant. Like, these are the sort the thing that I love about it uh, is the, it's a little bit whimsical. I mean, there's, it's fun. There's a sense of play even though the characters are very serious and in very dark circumstances, that's a hard thing to do, have an aesthetic vision and a tone through a week-to-week, episode, a week-to-week television show because so many moving parts, often many directors cycling in and out, um, you know, different people in the room writing things. Obviously, yeah. the very best TV shows of the last few years have a very strong voice at the top, but even so, getting that right so early is remarkable. <sighs> Now I'm just praising you. That's not even a No, it's not me. You're praising him. Oh, um, let's talk more about you. <laughs> no, praising him is great because I, I wouldn't, you know, yeah. I don't think my performance, which I feel is coming off strong, it would not be as, it, it would not be, not, it just, it really feels connected because yeah. of, of having him there all the time because I know his vision. I have his him to... Help me, you know, delineate exactly where Elliot is in this moment yes. when, I, when I can question it because he's a guy who you can throw across the map and, and yeah. stick in a number of places and you can get lost. And Sam is there to really, you know, pull everything. He's, he just works so hard on getting everything mm-hmm. on the same page. So whether it's whether it's you know our crew and lighting things in a certain way, he just, he just has a vision and he sees it all happening ahead of schedule in his brain. That's it all, good. It all comes to fruition a little bit quicker for him. Ahead of schedule are magic words in TV. That's, yeah. You don't hear those very often. No. I mean, he, he comes in. He talks to directors. He has m- meetings. We're using multiple di- directors yeah, he, doing multiple he, episodes. Jim McKay is a great director who did last night's episode. Yeah. It was so Jim, striking with the mirrored shots and the... Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I remember shooting it. The mirrored shots were great. Yeah, you were there, so you know. I was there. I spent a little, quite a bit of time you're, there. You're real, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of people who may or may not be real, it's been great to watch uh, Christian's performance in the show because uh, obviously he's had a very long career. Been a big fan of him for a long time, and the last few years, you know, he's been great. he was great in Archer. I really like the show he had on ABC, Mind Games. But he's it seems like he's had people have had a hard time putting him in the right role right and he seems like he's having a blast i mean i don't know he's an actor so maybe he's not but he seems like he's having a lot of fun in this part i think he's having one of the best times of his life in the past 20 years it feels like that's great he's ecstatic he comes comes to work he's incredibly prepared but at the same time he comes to enjoy his time there yeah and uh so he's ready to work but he also wants wants to have fun and i think he's at a place in his career where you know he's had a lot of success and and sometimes that you know there's there's you know hasn't hasn't maybe had that same success and here it is happening you know in a very special way and it speaks to someone who's who's gone through it and yeah. this is not an easy thing to get through and yeah. especially you know being as incredibly huge as he was you know younger and and i can see that on a daily basis why he's iconic and i yeah. think that's definitely present in his role as mr robot yeah uh, i love coming to work with him he i've learned a lot from him you know in, in his work ethic mm-hmm. and uh the, just who he is as a man and uh 
He's really patient. He's very smart, and uh, I think he's found like a real ease in his skin, and uh, it it shows. Yeah, it definitely shows. It shows, and it's a great role, and he understands a great role. You know, when we got the pickup right away, he goes, "Rami, this does not happen." Yeah, yeah. He knows. He's he been knows. There. We were on the you know front page of the New York Times art section. Yeah. He's like, "This does not happen." You know, it, that's it, good to have someone like that to put in perspective. It really is. It's special. I, I really am. I'm. I could not have got stuck with a better guy to play that role as an actor and and just as a as a guy. Uh, you you filmed the show all in New York, right? And the I, one of the things I was most struck by by the by the pilot was the vision of New York is so specific. More and more shows are filming here, both for creative reasons and for a while for tax reasons. And we often see the same city. And to see the city in all senses through someone else's eyes was really striking. Um, not just the way that the pilot and Elliot, through Elliot's perspective, Midtown, you know, kind of looks like a, a prison colony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that first scene that you shared, I'm not sure if you filmed it in order at all, but the scene with Christian uh, on the Ferris wheel. That was day one. That was day one. That was day one. I mean, it, it pops off the screen in a way. It, it, are, are you are you an L.A. guy? Do you live in L.A.? Normally? I grew up in L.A., grew yeah. Up in LA. Now I'm back and forth here. What was it like filming a show on the streets and on the Ferris wheels and being a part of the city with this show that is very much about chaos and society? It's great. I never enjoy I mean, I work, work on stage, you have to do it, but to yeah. be on location at, you know, the, on the Wonder Wheel in Coney Island yeah. with Christian yeah. on day on one. On day one. Right. And setting up the, you know, setting up camera shots that are off kilter, having, you know, having, you know, one of the the, the Wonder Wheel carts coming in and out of the frame right yeah, behind you, change. keeping you on edge. It's day one. We're shooting. It's like, this is cool. This yeah. is special. And you, you definitely got that feeling. And Sam was very adamant about us shooting in New York and shooting a lot of New York. Yeah. And in, in a way that it reflected Elliot as a, as a cog in, in society, you know, part of this massive wheel. So what better, yeah. what better way to start than on a Ferris wheel in Coney Island? What was it like for you to be filming, though, before the... Did you just wrap? Is the season wrapped? We just finished, yeah. So you were filming the very end right when the show premiered. Um, Correct. Well, we were... You yeah, were I think up, we were on basically. seven or eight, something like that. So... I know from living here that, you know, anytime a show is filming, they put up those signs and they move the cars and it says production name. And, you know, sometimes you'll be like, oh, good wife's back or whatever. But for a while, it must have said Mr. Robot around town and you were on the streets. Did what was the interaction of the cast with the city? Because I know people must have come up to you and been like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. How did you describe it when you're like, what are you doing? And you're sitting there twitching, wearing a hoodie in the middle of Chinatown. I say we're doing a show that stars Christian Slater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then you walk away. And then I walk away. Okay. People ask me, because I'm in the black hoodie and people have, yeah, still have yeah. they may have, have seen it or not, but I might as well just look like a PA <laughs> to anybody else and just be like, yeah, just steer clear of that's, 45th, you know? That's a good attitude. Yeah. I, I, people get, you know, it's their city. There are tons of productions and it's yeah. like, get off of my block for guys. Like, yeah. People will just come walk right through, the, you know, interrupt takes. Yeah. And they're like, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm going home. I have to feed my kid. But I'm going to grab some Apple Jacks from Craft Services on the way because right. I deserve it. Yeah. Take the Apple Jacks. You know what? Take them. Um, but now I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a lot of love out this, there. This is the other thing to talk about, which is 
I missed the premiere. I didn't watch it the week it premiered, but I can't remember getting such an enormous wave of people coming at me being like, have you seen this yet? You have to see it. You have to see it. When are you going to write about it? When are you going to talk about it? The enthusiasm yeah. is real, and you must be getting it as well. I am. I mean, the amount of yeah calls and emails and uh, what you guys are writing, I feel I'm humbled and, and blessed. I've never... I, even from my mother doesn't say such <laughs> kind things about really? me. <laughs> no, that's not true. But your mother has I mean, to like everything you do. She does. She likes this. She doesn't understand all of it, but that's, I mean, that's it's, okay. It's pretty heady stuff sometimes. I don't understand all of it. You don't? No, definitely not. Christian's even saying he's like, I, I, can't, I really can't get up and go get popcorn during this thing. No, but this is the thing I was saying on the show this week. This is one of the best things about it is it doesn't matter. Like I can lose the thread of the plot. That balloon can fly away, but right. I'm like. Your performance is riveting and grounding. I'm I care already about Shayla, about Darlene. I like these people. Yeah, we're hanging out with them. Okay, so they're getting in a limousine with Chinese hackers wearing masks. Okay, <laughs> I like I bought a ticket. I'm going on this right. ride, so that's right. fine. Oh yeah, this can go anywhere. You're invested. This could go anywhere. It's not about that. I guess is what you're saying. It doesn't. I think the best things can be both. You know what I mean? Like it. it as long as you're enjoying the ride, it doesn't really matter what the destination is. The only time people start talking about, well, where's all this going is when they're looking at their watch or going to get popcorn. Right. It's funny Christian said that since he spends most of the show eating popcorn. Right. So why does he need more? I don't know. I think he's developed an affinity <laughs> for right. it. He's That's right. Like, oh, I do remember popcorn, <laughs> and I like it. I love it. Um, to that, you know, speaking to that, Sam, you know, when we started working, I said, how— how many seasons are we going to do this for? Yeah, and you I said, got, I got I places to be. Yeah, I got places to be. I wanted to know. I'm like, I'm, you know, a little film career going on here. That's right. Yeah. You're a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. I looked at your IMDb page. There's stuff. There's stuff. It's ramping up. <laughs> uh, so I asked him, I'm like, do you have a vision for this? And I think that's been coming out in, in the media lately. And, and to, to that point, he does. And... Uh, a very clear one at that. I don't, you know, I think USA signed on hearing the beginning yeah. to the end. Yes. So it's not one of those shows that is just, okay, let's, let's brainstorm what's going to happen this week. So basically one of the things that people are worried about always with shows that are this engrossing and complicated immediately is right. people point to Lost, which I loved. But there, it's very well publicized that there was a point when they had to keep extending the mystery because the network wanted more. Right. And they weren't allowed to end it, so they could never knew where they were in terms of their timing. This sounds like this is not the case. He, ha he knows the ending generally, and the network's on board for the story, however long it takes. Yeah. Or however short it takes, right? Or however short it takes. He's just a guy who won't compromise his art form. Clearly. Yeah. So he's not going to stretch this out for a, a, you know, a dollar figure or anything. When he's done, he's done because he wants to make the best thing he can possibly make. The guy eats, sleeps, and breathes this show. Yeah. And, uh, and his influence on it is it's very tangible. So d is there a number that he's used for you publicly? I think he said four or five seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's told me that privately. I think that's public knowledge as well. And, he, you know, at some point, you know, he, he can describe to you what happens in the following seasons already. So He probably wouldn't. He wouldn't. No. <laughs> Maybe to you. He likes it. I told you. He goes, oh, you're going on the show? I like the show. Tell that's, him I said hello. That's nice. Yeah. We, 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 I hope we can talk to him at some point. You'll so get him. Is. I'll force him this way. I like, he he I like him being the mysterious Elliot figure that won't talk, though. I think that's a good look for him. He is. 
He's got a little bit of Elliot in him. If I'm ever at a loss, I'm like, what would you do? Seriously? Sam? Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do here, Sam? This, so what about for you? How easy has it been? You rapped. Have you shed Elliot, or do you find him coming out? Because when, when you walked in here and you, you know, did a Heisman to get away from a handshake, I was like, right. this is real. Yeah. This <laughs> is a real thing. I was saying to myself, how awkward can I make uh, our encounter? I, you did a good job. Yeah. I should do. Well, I was at dinner the other day. We were having Italian with with my brother and my friend Nick, and uh, and some guys came up to us, and they were they were they enjoyed the show, and but they you know they they're pushing a little bit. They were pushing a little bit, and my brother's like, "You could just do Elliot on them, and no one would think twice, yeah. right? Just cower in not being able to have a conversation, yeah." And they will walk away and be like, "Oh man, that's, that's it. That's all you really have to do. He's not Get acting. Him. He's not acting." Um, what if I was putting this on? I was like, oh, man, I really did a good job. I really did a being, good job pretending to be a normal extrovert. person. Yeah. <laughs> and you um, went back to your room in Chinatown and wept? Yeah, and wept. That's my goal for all my guests, to be honest. Once right. they leave here, it's just to, just leave to go them. cry. <laughs> leave them crying. Yeah. But um, he's been – it hasn't been hard to shed. I mean, look, every night after working, we worked some very long hours on this show, and it was uh, – was because we were trying to do the the most we could with the time period we had to shoot, and so uh, I would get home and was constantly trying to work on the the lines for the next day and the emotional quality mm-hmm. for the next day, and so I was invested. Yeah. Uh, so to get away from him, sometimes I would I would wash it off in between takes and enjoy the company I had, joking around with Sam, joking mm-hmm. around with. Chad Hamilton, our, our executive producer mm-hmm. from Anonymous Content, who's also had an incredibly strong influence on the show. Yeah. I, I got to say, those guys between True Detective and this. Yeah, they uh, haven't done much TV. We know them from like Eternal Sunshine and you know, and, and longer career in, in films, obviously. Right. But that's really really special place to be involved with. Yeah, those guys are great. Steve Golan is a really special man. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm surrounded by all all, all these. These really smart, capable uh, people who want 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 the best for this show. It's it's really an unprecedented place to be. You seem happy. I'm thrilled, man. <laughs> this I don't even do like doing this stuff, and I'm like, hey, is this going to go for an hour longer? Because I'll hang out. I appreciate <laughs> that. I won't keep you that much longer. No. Um, just give me. I just what more. else? Ask okay, ask I, more. I, I know you have so many more I, questions. Well, I got two more questions. Okay. I, what? Can you or what do you want to tell us about the second half of the season? Um, obviously, without spoilers, but what you're in, in vague terms, something you might be enthusiastic, excited about, something to look for. What am I? I know it's hard for you to. I know often after you've filmed something, like you haven't seen the concrete episodes, they blur, but. I'll tell you this. I don't know if everyone will speak to this, but I'll say I think our, our strongest episodes lie ahead of us. Nice. That's yeah. good to know. Is there a relationship on the show? that you are particularly excited about as it plays out, whether it's Elliot Shayla, Elliot, Mr. Robot, um, Angela, her dad's, that's a hot new relationship. We just learned about that. Father. That's a new one. Yeah. I don't know. How about flashback Elliot and flashback mom? I mean, there are a lot of little pairings here. There are so many. I do have to say Portia's work as Angela is really great to watch and seeing, seeing what, I worried in the be- you know not knowing Sam's vision yeah. at the very beginning. I worried that she was going to be a, just you know this vanilla character. Yeah, but then she's stuff. popping mollies in episode four. No, she's popping <laughs> mollies. She's. 
I, I sometimes go up to Sam and I'm like, is she going to be the Elliot of next season? Like she uh, has, oh, yeah. There's, there seems like there's there's an investment in that character. She went rogue. For, for yeah, for a, for a great, great little storyline in the future. And she, her character does really evolve as the season progresses. As all of the, the strong female roles, you'll, you'll learn a lot about uh, Shayla and Darlene and... Who else? I like. I love the relationship between uh, Gideon and myself. Yeah, that was an interesting one too. Yeah, there's a lot of little interesting layers. They're, like the, the the what I like about it is that none of the pairings are predictable. You don't even the Angela Elliot relationship. You know, you think it's being telegraphed as one thing, and it quickly becomes something else. Right. Which I think is a, very appreciated because we watch not just me. A lot of people watch a lot of TV, and the first time you see them, I'm like, okay. He's this way. She's the cheerleader. It's the Taylor sure. Swift song, basically. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's unpredictable. Even from my end, I'm like, oh, that relationship will, you know, come under some duress, and I didn't expect that to happen. Or this one will actually thrive. Yeah, didn't expect that one to happen. So those things make just for a more complicated, interesting story that it's, it's gripping. The show's gripping. I'm, I get excited yeah. for Wednesday nights, but I don't like watching commercials, so I have to wait. Yeah, but, I, but this is a very Elliot thing for you to say because we need the commercials, right? For we you need to exist. The, for me to exist. But you want to F society a little bit and not watch them. It's true. Well, as uh, they, uh, they asked me, I was like, do you have any, um, would you be interested in, in ringing the bell at the stock market? And I said, <laughs> I don't. I think that goes against everything the show is saying. And then it is at the on the other end of it, I was like, absolutely, I would. It's perfect. It's perfect. What el- I mean, not, what would make Mr. Robot happier than the thought of Elliot? Elliot standing up on a platform, being cheered by these uh, by his enemies, basically by his enemies. It's brilliant. It's working on a lot of levels. It is so many levels that I think in the future when people act. When, when and if I do think this will become a cult classic, if yeah. aside from the impact it's already having. Um, but here's the best thing. It would yeah. be a cult classic if it was failing and it was canceled. Right. Now it could just be a classic. It's a classic. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but maybe it will be. Right? Hey, like I'm with you. I'm not going to. You know, it is what it is. It's, it's a very, very special dynamic show, unlike this, anything on television, as you've stated. This is also really fun to talk to you about because... I keep it's almost like I keep forgetting that you're the star of the show because you were both fans of it. You you like this show. There are plenty of actors on good shows like, who probably don't even like their own shows. It's true. I mean, I'm getting these scripts sent now thanks to this work on Mr. Robot. Yeah. I give the incoming call, the scripts yeah. here. We'd love for you to do. It's crazy. And I'm like, but I have Mr. Robot. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm Elliot and yeah. I enjoy it. Of course I'm going to go do something else, but it's it's pretty a special gift as an actor to feel fulfilled by playing one role especially if you know you're locked into it for a couple of years i mean that yeah. that can be that can offer i often talk to people and that can offer it's the eternal choice right it offers financial security and and stability in your life in a way that it must be nice because an actor's career is generally not stable but at the no. same time the point of an actor's career is creativity and following your muse and having many opportunities right and so if you if the one you're locked into doesn't offer that well, well, that's when you get. To, that's why you vet everything so so hardcore before you get involved, right? But even so, even so, you still no, never know the outcome. You're right. You never know. Um, let's let's talk. Let's finish up just by saying. So let's talk. Let's talk timeline and where you are. So you're done with this for now. The first season's wrapped. Yes. Let's have some Rami time. 
Oh, what's, okay. Uh, what's, uh, what's, what do you, how do you plan to spend these next few months, and when do you have to, be report, when do you have to report back to work? Are I don't you... know. We don't have a, a hard date set for when I return, but um, Rami time. I would have loved to take... <laughs> That's taken, the new name of this podcast, Yeah, Rami time. Conversations with Mr. Malik. So, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me think. I wanted to take a little vacation, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Sorry. And I think I, I think I will. Uh, I think I will be remiss by not doing that a little bit later. Uh, what's going on? Things are happening. You know, the people who have watched this pilot uh, have just they've called my agents. They're really thrilled, and, and yeah. things are going great in that respect. From that's from good. Film, you know. From you know, I was just just meeting with David Michaud, who did uh, Animal Kingdom and is yeah. doing some great films, and and he's working with Brad Pitt's company Plan B, and they were all thrilled. They loved Mr. Robot. I'm like, you guys are watching this? Terrific! That's so exciting. Yeah. So, you know, I've had a, a lot of love from the film community. Call, but and, I feel like uh, that must be so great because you we, we alluded to that in the beginning, like being an actor there are many things to recommend it i'm sure but it, there's sometimes a powerlessness because you know you can get a pt anderson movie as you did and you were fantastic in it what i saw that but was all right you were good yeah. but as you're saying you gave a lot to it and a lot of it was taken away and you don't have any say in that yeah and now you're given this thing where it does this show hinges on you in right. your performance i mean many of the reviews of the pilot were like where did this guy come from and what would the show be without him yeah so now you have you don't need to. This isn't. This is your audition. This no. Your yeah. Card. People are always saying that, like newcomer Rami Malek. I'm like, oh man, I've been doing this. Like, you, you just must haven't not, seen. You it. must not have played <laughs> Halo Two, right? Yeah. No, Halo Two. Yeah. I think I got like three hundred bucks to do that, and they were like, sign your name away. You're never getting a residual for this. I was. I was young, and I didn't. I didn't even have an agent. I can beat you on that. I did. A, I did one character voice in Grand Theft Auto Two. Mm-hmm. Didn't get paid for it. You're kidding me. No, no, I was a journal. I was still am, but like they were like, oh, come in and it'll be fun. And I was like, oh, yeah, it would be fun to do something to you, a million dollar company. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's not much money in doing the voices of people. In video no, games, but there is with the, with the right backing behind you. That's right. That's right. Um, there is a bar in Los Angeles called Residuals where if you take a residual <laughs> check in for under a dollar, they'll give you a free drink. No. Yes. That, why isn't there a sitcom set there? Right. That's amazing. <laughs> That's a good idea. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll do that off air. We'll plan that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you don't need to go there anymore. No. Now I you don't. can buy your drinks. I know. It's it's. You know, I I will say this. Yeah, a lot of stuff I've done has wound up on the, the cutting room floor. I did I did Old Boy with Spike Lee. I had some great scenes oh, in yeah. that. Gone. And we watched the movie together. Uh, I love Spike. We become great friends. But yeah. He doesn't even tell me that he's cut that me out. Gone? Of, yeah. He's, He's like, well, I made a three-hour movie. It's often the, the words used. I made a long movie, and this oh. is what. The, but it's fine, like because now I'm at a place where you, you get you get over those things. I see it with Christian. He's gotten over a lot. I've gotten over some yeah. stuff, and you get to a place where something really good, like Elliot, comes your way, and you recognize the gift that it is. See, that's the best perspective. And also, you worked with Paul Thomas Anderson. You worked with Spike Lee. You had oh, the experience. Yeah. I got to sit. You know, spend multiple days with. With Joaquin and Joaquin Phoenix and and the late Philip Seymour Hoffman and Paul Thomas Anderson and just like pick brains, ask 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 Phil for advice on what yeah. how to how to you know conduct myself in a scene with uh, with Joaquin. You know, don't tell Paul I asked him that, but <laughs> because Joaquin was 
he was on one a little bit in that movie, right? Yeah. But we grew close through that movie, too. I got to see how his process works. So I get to bring all those, you know, all of that in, yeah. into my experiences with with this show, which is like doing 10 films, which we may, I don't know how we do it, but in seven days we're making what seems like a, a yeah. film. And then doing it again. And doing it again and it's again. pretty yeah. crazy. Um, Rami, I, sh- I should let you go because I know you have other things to do. Um, you have more I, questions? Well, no. Here's 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 our here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Come back again. Oh yeah. We can talk about this again because I want to hear some of those stories from the set of the master. I want to go deeper. Oh into yeah. That stuff. Oh, there's some good ones. Um, there. So we can workshop. You know how like when you go on on talk shows and they like they do pre-interviewing. Yes. So we can pre-interview like the best anecdotes. So next time, now that we've got like the basics. Now that we know each other. Yeah. Now that I know you really will shake my hand. Yes. We'll be prepared. You think you do. Yeah, well, now I know the first layer. Right. And then we got to go deeper into Steel Mountain that is your heart and brain. Oh, yeah. Right? That's it. Um, it's, it's called Steel Mountain. That's, that's what you call Many yourself. women have referred to my <laughs> core as Steel Mountain. Your core? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the, the dark soul that, that's what they call that resides within. Uh, we're gonna, okay, so we, we're going to do this again with Rami's Steel Mountain <laughs> Steel Malik. Steel Mountain Malik. Um, Great. But seriously, thank you so much, the show. Mr. Robot, we're going to, pro- let's, let's, let's promo this. Mr. Robot, do once it. again, best new show, I think, summer 2015, USA. Not too late to catch up. Episode 6 will air next week, Wednesdays, uh, 10, 10 p.m. p.m. I'm sure you can watch it on demand. I'm sure the Elliot Alderson in your life can find it for you online in oh, other yeah. ways. Everyone's got a little Elliot on in them. Everyone knows an Elliot. Um the show's tremendous. Your performance is great. Thanks. Great talking to you. Thanks, Rami. Thanks. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and I will see you soon. That's a promise. Promise to tell the camera. That's a promise. Yeah, there we go. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcast.